Matthew chapter 11, because I, I felt like that said it best to me. And why am I in Galatians, guys? Like, that doesn't make any sense, does it? Okay, Matthew chapter 11. But um, I, I feel like it's kind of connected in my heart, because it's really funny that we're all so tired tonight. You know, it's like, I'm talking to you about the Sabbath and, and rest and all that sort of thing, and so it's kind of humorous that we picked a particularly sleepy night for some of us, but stay awake, I won't be too long on this for sure. But I feel like there's a difference between physical rest and physical exhaustion and emotional. You know what I mean? There's a difference in my life for sure of whether I'm just stressed, 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 or is it that I'm just ran five miles and I'm tired, you know what I mean? Or it's been a long day. Sometimes I fall in bed and I think I'm just exhausted. But it's not that I'm spiritually resting. I'm just exhausted, you know. I'm going to sleep because I'm dead. You know, and I don't know if you all ever feel like that. You just sort of flop onto the bed and you're gone kind of stuff. And I always laugh about people who sit around and worry before they go to sleep because pretty much I don't do much of that. I just kind of flop on the bed. So where is the line in college? We talked about this. I think Brabson mentioned it maybe, you know, that we talked about, you know, how do you do the Sabbath when you're in college? It's really complicated because, you know, it says keep the Sabbath holy, but the Sabbath, remember to the Jews, was Friday night and Saturday to Saturday. But it was, the idea was not to work, not to make yourself do all these things. But our, our, our culture's interpretation is more like play all day on Sunday. And that's not really what the Sabbath is. Sabbath is supposed to be for the Lord and resting. It doesn't mean you can't cook your dinner, you know. They got, the Jews got super carried away with definition about what you can do. And it even makes fun of them at, because somebody's ox fell in a ditch on one day and they couldn't get the ox out of the ditch because it was against the rules to work to get the ox out, but the ox would die. So, I mean, obviously God used some logic. Jesus even said at one point, the Sabbath was created for us, not us for the Sabbath. And that's important because we're trying to learn in our culture how to rest but not just be exhausted. Rest spiritually. You know, calm her down a little bit. You know, and so wait, what I would challenge you in college, if you can't do all day Sunday, and I know that's really hard, find sections of your day that can be your rest time. Spiritual, goof around, sleep, you know, probably more than sleep too for some of you. But it's like, I really feel like that's maybe where we're going here. So the verse I read is talking more about spiritual rest, but certainly is related since Jesus is saying it, Right? Verse 28, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Stick that yoke up there for us so they can see what a yoke is, not like an egg, right? That's a yoke. So you put an oxen in there and they work together. Jesus probably himself actually made some handmade ones. If he really was like a carpenter, that was something they had even then. And so the thing you've got to keep in mind, it wasn't that Jesus was going to be in the yoke with you and you'd never have to lift your side. It was like together, you guys would work together. And if you think of it that way, I love that thought. As Jesus is walking beside me through the scary times in my life and the hard times, he doesn't expect me to just drag along with him. Do you guys ever ride on a tandem bicycle with somebody in the back who put their legs up? We had one of those when I was a kid. And my sister would do it to me all the time and be like, why is this so hard? And then you turned around and she had her, her feet up and the whole time torturing me. And so it's like, that's not the way Jesus wants it, right? You have to put some effort in this for sure. But I think that's, that's important. You got to go, you don't have to face life with the yoke of fatigue all the time. I think if we have a yoke, and we probably all still do in our culture too, our yoke is school and worry and money. And we put on this yoke and that's what we spend carrying around all the time. When Jesus is saying, Think about this. Jesus' yoke is light and easy. Now, how can that be? It's hard to be a Christian, right? Some days you just going to get all frustrated because you can't be a good, a good person and you're not as good as you want to be. And, you know, it's just hard to make these decisions. And, and Jesus is going, no, actually, 
the stuff I put on you is light and easy. So that, wouldn't that make you think that maybe the yoke we put on ourselves in college is our own doing, right? It's our own worry and our own str- struggling, trying to do it all by ourselves. And then we're like trudging along going, why is this burden so heavy? And maybe we're letting the world put a burden on us. We don't have the, the, the strength to bear. That's the way I looked at it anyway. And so I, in the, the Jewish uh, rabbis back then actually called the law, which remember there's like 600 commandments in the Old Testament, said that that was the yoke of law. So what's wrong with doing the yoke of law to us today? The problem is you can put the yoke of rules and statutes and right and wrongs on you, and that still will not carry you, right, guys? It's just another burden. Jesus is offering to be the yoke with us, right? Being there with us. It makes a big difference if you think about it. You'll never get rest for your soul if you're always trying to carry this yoke of, I can do it all by myself. I don't need any help. I don't need God in my life, right? It's, it becomes burdensome and chafing. We, we, uh, on this trip, we got very wet, in case you all didn't hear. We got very, very wet. Trying to get to dinner ended up being a 30-minute excursion and soaking wet. Two times, three times, we got really wet. And so I'm out there, and I was thinking about, I don't know if you guys wore wet jeans very long or wet shoes, but you can't keep them on. If you keep them on, you're going to chafe. It starts getting to you, you know, so you'll get a, a rash. Now, you, now you really macho types, your legs probably don't t- touch down here at all. But if you have big thighs, you know, you smile, somebody in here knows what I'm talking about. It will rub you raw in no time at all, right? And you're like, this is killing me. You've got to take them off. I heard somebody's got blisters on their feet. I learned from backpacking, if you have wet feet, you better stop and take those socks off. Or you will get the worst blisters you ever imagined because it's chafing back and forth. That's what the burden of the world is putting on us, chafing, guys. We are chafing because we're worried about grades and we're worried about our parents and we're worried about all these things happening. And it just gets irritating. Don't you just want to throw the yoke off sometimes and go, Enough! I'm free! You know, we should just never have any yoke at all. Well, the bad side of that is maybe we were created to have a yoke after all. That we were going to choose to be a slave of something. And if we say it's liberty, then maybe it's just our own arrogance and pride making us think that that's the yoke we have, really. So it's like, I'm not sure we can go be out. Maybe we're beasts of burden in a sense. We're meant to have our... You know what? The one we're supposed to have is light and easy and beautiful and co-walking along with Jesus, not trudging and burdened and miserable and grief. You know, if you've ever been exhausted or fatigued or overstressed, you know what I'm talking about. It happens to all of us, doesn't it? We get to the point. Now, now I'm not talking about when you catch a cold and you got the flu, you're going to feel this way. I'm talking about when you're drudging through life and it's just gotten to be too much and the joy is missing in your life. Maybe you should stop and go, maybe this verse has some real sense to us. But think how arrogant it is for just a second that Jesus says, who else would say this? Can you imagine, Christy, I come up to you and I go, come to me, O Christy, that's burdened and weary, and I will give you rest. Is that arrogant? For sure. Only God could say that to you. It's like anybody else, you'd just laugh out loud. Imagine if your mom said that to you, Ben, you'd be like, oh yeah, right. Yeah, drive me cuts, nuts. You know, it's like, there's only one person that could say that and get away with it, and it was Jesus. And I think it's the obvious answer, right? The obvious answer he's giving us to this burden. We can't handle it. I know you Aggies are big fixers and big doers, but we, sometimes we just have to go, I can't handle this by myself. We just sang it in so many of those songs this morning, I mean this evening, about, you know, we want God to be there with us, right? Give us rest, oh God. Remember, it's almost like demanding him to give us rest. Well, he wants to give it to us. We have to accept it, right? We have to take off the yoke of worry and the yoke of bondage to the world and go, okay, I can't do this. I got to have God's help in this. I feel like that's the first step, Right? Who's got to come to Jesus? Everybody who's burdened. 
Every one of us, when we get to that low spot, I'm hoping you guys will go, okay, God, I have done enough of this myself. You know, it's not that I got to give up trying, but I got to give, give the effort to go with God's work in my life. All the weary and burdened, right? You're, in a way, you're asked to like, personally give your allegiance to Christ to take his yoke and nobody else's. So every other yoke that they try to put on you, in a sense, is really not God's yoke anymore. It's something you accepted or you think you need to take instead of what God wants you to do. What can Jesus give to those who come? This is the sweet part. He can give us rest for our souls, not just fatigue. Now, you know what? I exercise really regularly, and I, you know, I'll work out, and I'll do all these things, and I come into work, and I'm just cheery. But you know, sometime to the end of the day, I'm just done. You know, Liz can testify. 10.30, I'm done. I don't want to talk. don't want to laugh anymore. My humor's gone. I just want to go to bed. You know what I mean? It's like that's my natural rhythm here. When, when I think the kind of rest that God gives is this, everything's good in my soul. You know what I mean? That I'm not worrying anymore because I've just been able to turn it over and go, God, you know, you are the one that's going to run this life here, and I'm going to do yours. So I feel like uh, fatigue is not the same as rest, right? Fatigue will make you slow down, right? Do you guys know when you study like a maniac, and you study and you study, and you get to the point where you just like can't study him anymore, and you're still just wiped out, right? I think it's time to go back and go, okay, Lord, I need some peace, right? I need rest in the spiritual sense, something a little more. In Galatians, uh, Paul says, don't go back to the yoke of slavery, which you had before you were a Christian, but take the yoke that Jesus gives you, right? So it's like sometimes, I guess what I've experienced in my life is I'll pick up another yoke, the yoke of trying to please the bishop or the yoke of trying to you know, make my wife happy all the time, just yokes that I can't carry, too, too heavy, right, for me by myself. You know, it's like I think it's really important that maybe you need, tonight, think about it, when you go home even, taking off some of the pressures in your life and realizing that God didn't put those there at all. The, uh, you know what? A lot of us perfectionists have trouble failing at anything. And God never said we couldn't fail at anything, did he? Never. But we say at this thing, oh, we've got to be perfect. We have to have a 4-0. Oh, we have to be the best in this and the best in that and get everything done perfectly. Some days you should just do a crappy job on something just to say you did it. You know, I went to a counselor when I was in college for a little while, seminary, excuse me, because I'm not super compulsive, but a little bit about stuff. And he told me, you know what, the, you know what his, his prescription for me was? He said, go home, take off my tie, and throw it on the floor of my house and leave it there all day long. I cannot do it, guys. I absolutely cannot do it. Liz could do it. She wouldn't even notice it probably. But for me, it's laying there, and I think to myself, there's a tie on the floor. There's a tie on the floor. There's a tie on the floor. Go over and pick it up. You know, it's like, and then I'd stop thinking about it and go pick up the tie. You know, it's like, that's not God's thing. That's my thing, right? Uh, does he care if there's a tie on the floor? Well, maybe if it's a $30 tie, he would care. But you know what I mean? It's like, for the, for the, mo- for the most part, you know, we, we fill our world worrying about stupid things that God doesn't care about. Does God care if my car's dirty? No, but I feel the need to go out there. Ben's proven it. God doesn't care that his car is filthy, you know? But it's like, I, I, to me... To me, I have to go wash that car. Something's wrong. You know, something's wrong. He doesn't care. I'm not taking care of what God gave me. He has the right and the only authority to take this yoke, guys, and put it on us. Nobody else. There's nobody else that has the right. So if somebody else in your life is trying to put yokes on him, maybe you should stop and go, well, I got a yoke already. I don't need another one, you know? It's like maybe you shouldn't take on any more stuff because you're just overdoing it. If you're not taking a Sabbath, some time off, then what I've noticed about my life, and I'm, I'm giving you a personal testimony I started taking Thursdays off 30 years ago, probably, maybe longer, right? Way longer. And it's probably the best thing I ever did in ministry because I work too much. You all know that. I'm here way too much. But Thursday, you're not going to see me. 
You know what I mean? It's like, and I don't, I work some on Thursdays and I miss a Thursday off, but it's like, that's what keeps him sane. I notice that if I don't get my Thursday off, then I'm grouchy on Friday and I'm grouchy the whole rest of the week till the next Thursday when I finally get a day off. There's something to this. God knows what he's talking about. We need a rest. You know what I mean? We need emotional rest and spiritual rest, but we need some physical rest sometimes too. Do you ever just get to where you're not doing any more, Luke? You're just done. I am done. It's like, I think that's when your body and your mind's going, I think I need to rest, right? Now, it doesn't have to be 24 hours on Sunday, but it's got to be in your week somewhere that you give yourself a break, right? And, and dwell on God, worship a little bit, praise God, read the Bible, you know, spend some spiritual time together. And then things just seem to fall, up, fall in place in what you're stressed about and all. So why is his yoke easy and burden light? I think it's his prescription for what he understands. It's a command that we do this, first off, guys. This is not something to take lightly. In your life, you will be more effective. You can learn to rest somehow. You know, however it fits into your life. I don't care what day it is week. You got, people always say, well, if it's Sunday, then every preacher I know works on Sunday, so that's really not a good day, right? So we all have to take other days. It'll be the same in your job. There'll be times when you just can't take a whole day, or you'll take a day, you know, that'll be another day instead of Sunday. I want it, and I need it. And I think every one of us really senses that we do too, right? Don't we all really need it? Some kind of a break from it. Some time to be silly. Maybe go play Frisbee, do whatever it is that you know, gets you. For me, exercise. And the world will tell you, exercise is like a number one thing that you can do to get some emotional rest. Is go run around and act silly. You know, go lift weights or go jog. So Tommy and I had an experience. How do you take this yoke on us? So Tommy has, and I had a very personal experience on this trip. And I, I don't mean to embarrass Tommy, but... It was pouring rain. You have to understand, it was pouring rain. I had to go to get the key to the bus, and I had to go to the bus, and I had to unlock the power thing on the bus, and I had to get in the bus. And we borrowed Eddie's umbrella, right? So, you know, normally when you walk with an umbrella, you put it between you, and you're kind of like half covered. My feet were filling up with water. My shoes literally were, I have those kind of running shoes that the water just runs right in. So my feet are getting wetter. It's pouring right off of the umbrella into my shoes. And I'm like, this is really uncomfortable, you know? And I realized... And so Tommy and I got a little snuggly under the umbrella and stuff. So we got under there, and I finally thought, screw this. I, I've got to, I'm getting soaking wet. So I put my arm around Tommy. I did, and I, I snuggled him in like he was my wife. We snuggled in together. It was really funny. It was too personal, wasn't it, Tommy? I felt his arm, and I felt his back, you know, and it's like, I'm surprised I didn't tickle you knowing how I am. But anyway, I, I, I would pull it in, and you were doing it too, and we were both like shuffling together, snuggled in the rain, and I thought to myself, you know, that's pretty personal. But anyway, it's like, <laughs> I really feel like, you know, you got to get into this yoke thing and get serious. If Jesus is your yoke buddy, don't you really want to be close don't you want to walk at the same pace? And court? You know, God has a pace for you. And the pace isn't so fast. You know what would happen in a yoke if you were, one was fast and one was slow? Is the one that's slow would trip or fall or the fast one and they'd end up losing ground, right? You pace yourselves and you go along. Jesus is pacing you. He knows what you can handle and what's too much, right? He knows where your emotional line is over the line. When you break down, it's too far, and it's time for more rest. And I think that's awesome to think that Jesus is so close to you that he knows just how far to push you, right? How much weight you can take. And he's not going to exceed that weight. So we can tell ourselves, if that weight's being exceeded, we know it's not from God, right? It's from something else. Maybe we need to go to, go to counselor. Maybe we need to talk to your pastor. Maybe you just need to stop and evaluate what you're putting on yourself, an expectation that's unreasonable. You know, I, I tell 
this to our parents a lot. In my generation, we used to take 16 and 18 hours a semester. That was the norm, right? And so you didn't go to summer school very much. But every time I see this, the parents come, I go, that's the old days. The new days, 14 hours keeps you busy, doesn't it? It's like 18 hours is insanity. 21 is like, you're nuts. And they are nuts, right? It's like, but it's like, I, I really feel like, you know, things change and you have to adapt for sure. And you have to see, hey, God knows how hard you're working and how hard you're trying and when you're goofing around, right? When you're sitting and playing video games for six hours, I think that's probably not rest, you know, but at least not rest for me. I, I think it's kind of cool, though, just to think that Jesus knows exactly what's right for me, right? He knows what I can handle, what I can take, and what I can't. He's meek and lowly, and he won't force us. I think that's important, too. You don't force somebody to take a yoke. You know, it's like that Jesus threw the yoke on us and drags us along. It's more like, here, here's my yoke, the right yoke for you, and let me place it on you, right? So it's like something we have to will. If you think of it, rest results from good Sabbath, you know. Take off the world's yoke, put on your own, guys. I feel like in life there are so many times we get, even as Christians, we get back into the law and it's all about rules and everybody has to follow the rules. And then we discover that Jesus is bigger than rules even, right? He, more, he cares for us individually and the yoke is specifically made. This is important because the carpenter couldn't put a yoke on an ox that didn't fit because it would rub and it, and it caused trouble and then they wouldn't work well together. So it had to be just the right, just for you. Who else could know but Jesus, right? Who else could know the perfect one? Let's pray. Oh Lord, help us to take off that burden, the burdens that we put on ourselves and what the world puts on us and put back the yoke that is meant to be beautiful and easy and, and healthy. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.